Never need an excuse to celebrate, but happy birthday, better buddies. Happy birthday, dear buddies. Happy birthday, James Calvin and RJ. And Matt. everyone else that's ever been on this show. Aww. Happy not here. birthday <laughs> to all of us. Happy also, birthday, is it really boys. a cold, is it yeah. really a cold open Weird. if you count it down? Uh, yeah. Technically. <laughs> yeah, I would count it. On a, uh, cold open is just like what you do to open the show it's the uh yeah. it's the warm-up because because yes. the show's cold and you gotta you gotta go and gotta get started gotta warm it up yeah, yeah. and happy birthday better buddies because it's our 52nd Ooh. episode and even though 53rd i think technically would be considered our like quote-unquote birthday i'm picking 52 yeah that was sweet. just go with 52 it's easier yeah it is uh, and because it's our it's our birthday, and we'll do what we want, so we're gonna have an icebreaker still. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, our better buddies icebreaker this week. What is a favorite birthday memory? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't really. I have one for Go sure. On. Go I ahead. <laughs> what? Is, so this is not like the ultimate but this is one of my favorites i didn't ask is, for um, ultimate i asked for a favorite this is this is fair um i would say my birthday god what it would have been 14th birthday in eighth grade when i think both of you were there i think yeah, i knew you at that point yeah and andrew yeah and we all walked from the middle school to my house yeah and i got i got halo reach that day and we played Halo Reach like whole night, basically. Because that like was a big... the uh, amputated chest for a beer chest, Joe. Yes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that now. Yeah, which is like, it, it, and it sticks out to me because it was like all you guys. But then I also rem- remember that was when like Andrew still kind of hung out with us. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. to a degree, like yeah. he was on the periphery, and it was like that to me was like a really fun night. That was like. It was really cool. It was playing a game that I'd wanted to play because Halo Reach, I think, came out in September of that year. So I had waited like yeah, two September dodged the space pebbles. Remember? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Tobuscus. Um, but yeah, I really liked that birthday. That that's one that sticks out to me as like memorable. Um, I thought it was just really fun. So I would say that would be one of my favorite birthday memories is just uh, walking from the middle school with you guys to my house and then playing Halo Reach and doing all that stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My birthday memory is a little more uh, recent. It would be my freshman year of college birthday where I had all you guys over and we did that. (laughs) I ran that crappy sci-fi made up RPG Oh, that was fun though. Like yeah. was, we had a lot of fun goofing around, but it was And we and we took over the ship and, <laughs> and like well no, John's turned into a villain controlled by like an iguana. Yes. Uh oh 
legit. You guys left the bar after starting a bar fight to go save somebody. And you all went about it exactly in character for, for your various ways of both chaos and, like, organized. Because remember, Josh was a rogue-type character who was very deliberately, like, roguing his way out. Oh, I forgot that's when Josh was still... Yeah, yeah. And then, once you guys got to the ship and left, I don't know how, Calvin, but John got... Take, took control, even though you were the pilot. Yeah, I think that there was... I remember there being a scuffle in the... in the... in the cockpit. On the bridge, I should say, because it was, like, a whole bridge. Um... And there was a couch gun, and and I'm pretty sure Matt's race was NASCAR. It was. Uh, And then James was playing a space marine in a big old set of armor. Yeah, that was awesome. Luke was a barred bird. (laughs) And John vented Luke and Matt out into space. Yep. Good times. We took a we took a photo at your house for that one, didn't we? Was that no? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of New Year's. I might be thinking of you're thinking of New Year's. Yeah. I'm thinking oh of yeah. Year's. Yeah. But that was no. That was pretty fun. That was yeah. I didn't yeah. agree with that. Calvin, do you have one? Uh, not really. You're not gonna pick <laughs> like any of the birthdays where we all just hung out and played video games. I don't really remember any specifically. They all kind of just blend together. Yeah, they blend together. Do you have one one when you were younger with, like, just your family that you remember? No. Really? I've got, like, no memory of, like, any of my birthdays. (laughs) So I remember more of your birthdays than you do because I remember two. Apparently. Because we went out for drinks last year. Oh shit! And that's then, right. Oh, I think it was. Sixth... Oh, I, remember, I, I remember that. Now I'm remembering because I, I was I was rather sober, taking care of the rather not sober people. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> been better for that birthday. But... And then I had fun was... still, but yeah, okay, your yeah. I think it was sixth grade birthday. It was either sixth, no, it must have been. It was sixth or seventh. Because Star Wars minis were still a thing. Oh, God. I yeah. think. <laughs> what do you mean, where? They still are. <laughs> They're uh, still on. I still yeah. have mine. Well, be- <laughs> I remember My that mother one. tried to throw them away, and I was like, no. Oh, do you know God. how much money I spent on those? <laughs> John and I got uh, a ride from John's mom to your place, and we had to stop by Mr. Underhill's before we went to get your birthday gift. And we got oh, you some have. minis and dice. I can't believe, dude, Mr. Underhill's genuinely sounds like a set from, like, a Stranger Things type show. Like, that's kind of... James? Yeah, I did. I went there with um, RJ. I don't know if you were with us, but I went there with Mason uh, one. Yeah, we used to play minis with him. Yeah. Yeah. James, I have have a question for you. Yeah. You know who Mr. Underhill is, right? Um, He's a character. No, I, I had a feeling it was like a character's name, but like who is on Bilbo Baggins? Yeah, it's oh, uh, that's the name that um, also uh, Frodo goes by. Does oh, true. I don't know that Bilbo goes by it. I think just Frodo goes by it. Uh, he does in the naming contest with the dragon. Okay, he he goes by Underhill. Well, then I okay, then that's why Frodo goes by Underhill as well. But I know Frodo when he's leaving the Shire, he goes by Underhill, Mister Underhill. Yeah. I want to know what happened to that guy. I can't remember. 
He's yeah, it's still kind doing of a thing. bummer that his shop went under. It did seem. It, I remember my mother for the longest time wouldn't let me go in, which to be fair, it was kind of sketchy looking. Yeah. But that's what made it awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually went in before Star Wars minis because it was originally on Main Street and I needed a box for my Pokemon cards. Okay. And my mom and I went in because that seemed like a place that would have something like that. So my big white cardboard box that I now use for my magic cards originally was from Mr. Underhill's original location. And I remember this because I remember getting that, but they also had a Bionicle cardboard stand-up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't he close up before we went into high school? Like Like, Yeah, like our eighth grade year or something like that, he shut down. He yeah. just went out of business because, like, the only ones giving him business were basically the Tuesday night minis guys, and like, yeah. that's not sustainable. Yeah, and I'm it doesn't help that Cowabunga in uh, next town over. Oh yeah, in uh, what, or uh, wherever wherever <laughs> the town was with Cowabunga. I'm not gonna lie. I know this isn't this isn't a birthday, but one of my favorite memories going out with Cal in general was. Uh, uh new year's 2020 because that was the first time where i actually like went out on the day on the day and i actually got you on the dance floor of quote-unquote club in our town yeah and i was actually able to show you why as much as i hate dancing i hate social and like (laughs) gatherings i freaking love a club dance floor it was pretty awesome i was very happy that i got to do that i remember i took a photo out in the smoking area that was like um i think it was 20 minutes past midnight and um i was like 2020 we made it and it was like it felt like a big accomplishment because 2020 (laughs) i mean you know what i mean like i remember when we were back when we were excited that it was 2020 because we're like yeah roaring 20s are back (laughs) is it it bad little did we know how accurate that was yeah, is it bad no. that James's highlight of the year is the first 20 minutes? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because then, like, literally... Went downhill from there. Like, I mean, you got January. a job, my dude. It is true. That's true. Um, no, but, like, it, it was it was still in the innocent moment where it was like, ah, 2020 feels like such a futuristic year, like, so many possibilities. And then, of course, everything happened like a month and a half later. And I was like, oh, my God. And those possibilities were realized. We just um, didn't expect it to be negative. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the night you promised that we were going to go to Japan in like a month and a half. I convinced you. Yeah. Like, you, you finally um, were like, yeah, we're doing it. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. And then the next day I told you and you're like, I can't know what. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was like, what? <laughs> and fair. I was like, no, I'm holding you to it. And that then, was you know, the. Yeah. Got out of it. That was the genesis of the original Japan promise. Because before I'd been kind of like iffy, but after going to the club, I was like, "Hell, if going like if going to the club here, I had fun. Like, I can't even imagine what it'd be like in Japan." So, even though I didn't go like that year or that you know that time frame, like still, uh, it set the groundwork. It's not over, James. It's not over. But when we go to Japan, the year will be essentially. So hopefully, better things await. But we'll see. I, I believe better things are on the horizon. I, I do too. I am honestly, I, I do think that this winter is probably going to be tough, but I could also see 
like I've said before, I could see things kind of clearing up or getting a little bit better by spring, like genuinely. I, so I don't, but I hope to be proven wrong. Yeah, that's fa it's fatal optimism. It's realistic. But we'll, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I mean, it's let's, uh, let's talk about some things we like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Oh yes. I'm gonna start us off this time because I've got a piece oh. of media to recommend. But it's like a, I don't know if it's an asterisk recommendation. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna recommend the video game Stone Hearth, which is different from Hearthstone. Okay. Stone Hearth is a like little village management game. Okay. Where you have your villagers and you build the houses and harvest the resources and like. <laughs> One of those like city management style ones where you can place yeah. the buildings where you want. Yeah. I give it an asterisk though because it was a game I was following when it was in pre-production. I bought it once it came out on like a Steam sale. And at version like I found out reading the wiki literally like yesterday with version one point like one nine, they're done pre uh done doing anything to the game when okay. 2019 was the last time they updated the game it's done they're never coming back to it when was yeah. it released like when oh uh, like 2018 2018 the steam page says wow and okay. it's an enjoyable game but it feels like it needs just a little more polish on like the building part because yeah. it gives you it gives you some pre-made, like, prefab blueprints you can do, but it you can also build your own stuff by, like, piece by piece, furniture by furniture. And the construction menu, just, the controls feel a little weird. That, to me, what it, what does it look like, 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 like graphics-wise? Graphics-wise, like, it's a little, um, it's cute. It's kind of like, it's like a... It, it kind of is Minecrafty in its blockiness. Okay. Yeah, very blocky in a Minecraft way, but the character models are more intricate. All right. I mean, I was I was actually talking with, uh, not about this specifically, but <clears throat> with you guys at work this morning, I was kind of talking about how it sucks where, like, it feels like a lot of games that are released now rely more on, like, subsequent updates than they do on just being kind of, like, finished you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't play as many games as like I used to. And even when I used to play games, I didn't play that much anyway. So I'm not like a, uh, an expert on this, but I do miss the days where like a game was released and it was essentially finished and the updates were kind of just like icing on the cake. Now it feels like you get like half the cake and they're still baking the rest of it. And then they yeah. kind of like peel it out to you. Um, yeah. as they go on because they discovered so, they could just promise the idea of a game get yeah. the money for it and not have to do the work like I feel like the last major release game that was kind of finished finished and I don't know because I didn't play a whole lot of it but I would I would venture a guess that it was probably Skyrim um, because um, no there's been quite a few games that have come out since then okay. um, they have declined and what you're saying is definitely true um, but I would say recently there's been a big push for games having more completeness because people have been getting kind of tired of that. 
I would say yeah. Sony's really kicking butt with that because a lot of their PlayStation experience, um, single uh, exclusive like single player games have been okay. pretty complete. So like Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider Man, uh, Spider Man, okay. Sekiro, uh, God of War, or yeah, God of War, the new God of War. Everyone was raving about, um, and those are pretty self-contained. They were just done at the start. Um, but, yeah. but there's yeah. only a handful of those now, whereas before, you're right, it was more that was the norm. I was going to say, too, because I remember watching you. I mean, I, I cheated and I knew I was never probably going to play Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so I watched just like all the cutscenes, basically, or like just gameplay footage. I still haven't finished it yet, so don't give me <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, No, I won't spoil it, but it, it did seem relatively finished, like the story in general. Like, um, yeah. Uh, as opposed to, and I know this is like, this is really my only point of reference, but for instance, like the first Destiny game, which was yeah. like completely gutted. Um, and the writers and other development teams behind it kind of acknowledged this, that they had the full game basically ready to release. And then who was the producer? Was it Activision? Activ it was Activision who came in and was like, no, 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 that's... That's how you make the game. That's how you make like money. That, uh, so. It's like yeah. a Black Panther meme. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Yeah. yeah. And they just kind of gutted the game and then released as Destiny 1. They released like basically a hollowed out version of what it was. And then they just piecemealed the, the elements of story back, which arguably like kneecapped mm. um, what Destiny could have been, which... I don't know. Like, I guess that's the question too. Is like, if you so, are you recommending money, Destiny? I'm not recommending Destiny, but I do have a. Oh, this was this. I was gonna say I forgot that this started out as a recommendation. I apologize. Uh, I do have a genuine recommendation, I which do. is. Uh, this is gonna. I am. I apologize. This is gonna be my second uh, week in a row recommending a a children's uh, program, but I will you stand can do by that. one. Um, I am going to recommend Hilda. I was about to say, yes. you're about to recommend Hilda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season Hilda is a great show. A great show. So good. Um, is it still in the one season? Yes. They're in production for season two. They released a trailer, I think. I, I, I can't remember when they released a trailer for season two, but they did release like season two intro or something like that. So... Um, I would recommend Hilda. Uh, one, it's 2D. I love 2D. Um, two, even though it's clearly uh, digitally animated, um, it is beautiful. There, there's no kind of like cheap, like flash type animation that seems to have been done with the show. Um, three, it's pretty easy to watch. I think it's still on Netflix. I deleted my Netflix account, so I don't know like what's on there or not. Um, it, it should be. It was like a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe it's still on there. Um, but I would just recommend it. It's very, it's very laid back. It's very, very like, wholesome. it's very wholesome. It's like whimsical, but not in like the quirky, like overly quirky way. Like it's a very yeah. enjoyable um, show with it, it just, it's, it's very, it's like a campfire. Like it's yeah. very standard, yeah. but it's, like warm and fuzzy and the, the one line that jumps to mind is there's a character who's lost his memory and he's just like i think it was support somebody important and like someone else is just like don't we all <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got great little bits of humor and what i like about it a lot is like it is not a, a show 
it feels the need to incorporate like overly adult humor themes. Like it's still yeah. very much a, a kid's show. Yeah. But it, it's wholesome in like a very well-rounded sense where it's not simple. So it, it like, I think anyone can sit down and at least appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, you're, like you're not going to sit down and become like a, a hardcore fan right away. Um, but you can definitely enjoy it. Um, so I, I, I would recommend Hilda. I think it's a, just a, all around, like it's one of those shows that if you have kids, or even if even you're just if you just on need something like fun and wholesome, yeah. that walks a very good line between fantasy and realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it it actually has some interesting like character development in terms of like Hilda and stuff like that, um, just in the plot line that she kind of follows, and each episode is almost kind of like a monster of the week but in a very yeah. like again like a wholesome way where it's kind of it's less like how do we beat the monster and it's kind of more like how do we handle the situation with the monster yeah it, it it's it's very well done so i would i would definitely recommend uh hilda that would that would be my uh better buddies recommend for this week the elves the elves are the elves <laughs> are great paperwork. um just the I love just as a quick side note I love the overall design of the show. Um, yeah, I think it, great. Yeah, it really captures like a modern aesthetic without seeming like overly flashy or kind of like uh, hollow. Um, it's very like it feels like a show that was made today, but one that people like twenty years from now will be able to look back on and be like, oh yeah, that's like kind of the. The 2017 2018 style you know um yeah. so it, it also it also helps that it looks exactly like Reykjavik and we watched it after mm-hmm. we got back from Reykjavik <laughs> true. there's a heavy amount of bias because it, it takes place clearly in some kind of like if not directly it's supposed to be in Iceland it looks very much like a Nordic small, yeah yeah small Nordic or Scandinavian country so well, it's very well off there. a comic book that I think is from based either based on or from that area yeah, I, I yeah. think he the guy who made it is either Norwegian or Icelandic or he's he's one of the like uh he's from one of the Scandinavian or Nordic countries. So it's got a very uh that adds to it for sure because it adds a very like familiar feel. But yeah, I would definitely I would definitely recommend Hilda to anyone who's kinda in times like this just looking for kind of a show that's Lady. just kind of like a good story, you know, like just mm-hmm. watch Hilda for sure. And Kelvin, what would you uh, like to recommend? Uh, so switching tones a bit. <laughs> uh, lately, I've been listening to. Uh, I've been, I got into like a jazz kick. Ooh. So I've been listening to a lot of jazz music. So James might know where I'm going with this. Uh, <laughs> I, I I would have to say I rec- um, the movie Whiplash. Oh, that's not what I was, I was expecting. Oh, James died. There is. Flash is great. Whiplash is a great. <laughs> yeah. James, did your yeah. enthusiasm for Whiplash log you out? Yeah, it did. It shorted out my microphone for a second, but now I'm back. You know, Whiplash is such a great movie. Did you yeah. watch it recently? Did you rewatch it? I recently? was re-listening to the soundtrack because the oh. soundtrack is freaking fantastic. Yeah, it is. Um, and then I watched kind of ha- I, I rewatched like half of it, and then I kind of just watched the best bits. Um. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of a brutal movie to watch at times. It's really, uh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> but, but it's got some such amazing scenes. J.K. Mm. Simmons is oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, he's he's brutal. 
um, but amazing. I well, it's weird too because like I think he I think he won Oscar for best supporting actor for that. Uh, he, did. that he did. I, I was um, looking up the Oscars for it. Because it's weird because it, his performance is so great and the character is written really well too. But his performance is like it's like someone that you hate, mm-hmm. but at the same time you just want his approval like more than anything else. So you kind of like feel where miles teller's like main character is coming from yeah um, and i probably I, agree yeah. with you james that that's one of the only things that i've seen that I, of miles teller that i actually like yeah i i haven't seen i know he's in like some indie movies like the spectacular now and stuff like that which i have not i have not seen um and, and then i also know he's in indie movie uh fantastic or yes that other indie movie <laughs> fantastic four which Where's it again i haven't I haven't seen, so I can't comment. I have seen. It was not great. Okay. Do you think it wasn't great because of how it was written or because, because I heard there was a lot of like studio interference. I heard there was Uh, just a lot of like meddling. I don't know. I I just think I I couldn't place it really, but I just, yeah, it wasn't great. But he's good in Whiplash. He's great. He's, he's pretty great in Whiplash. Basically, Whiplash, have you, you seen it, RJ? I haven't. What is it? Okay, so basically, my um, Miles Teller's character is a student at this kind of fictional. What it's I forget what's it called. It's like uh, some sort Schaefer, of, Schaefer Conservatory. Schaefer Conservatory. It's supposed. Um, mm-hmm. in, it's a fictional. It's supposed to be like the bat one of the best music schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a drummer, and he's on the like lower level jazz uh, band. And J.K. Simmons plays the director of the 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 upper level jazz band, the, like the best in the the best in the conservatory, so like the best jazz band in the country. Yeah. Um, and it's about him just like striving to be like to be a the best jazz drummer ever. Um, and it's basically just a movie about just that desire of him trying to be the best and what he's willing to sacrifice and put in and deal with people around him. Cause it, it deals with like his family, not like they're like, Oh, uh, how's that like drumming thing going? That's like a thing you're doing. And, they're, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he's like, well, it's like the best jazz band in the country. And they're like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> I think the nice thing about it too, is like, <clears throat> and obviously I relate to it you know, because like, I'm, you know, more in the the liberal arts or like an artistic person or whatever. So it's like, I can relate to that to a degree. Oh, an but artist. like, I, I, I do, to be fair, I do think anyone to a degree, like if you've ever wanted something really bad in your life, which I think most people have, like you can relate to Miles Teller's character. Mm-hmm. Like just that feeling of, I will do anything to get this. And and nobody around him understands. Yeah, it, it's that Tutoring, feeling. Yeah. yeah, it's that feeling of like even his. The, he has a great. The the movie sketches out a great relationship that he has with his dad, and I don't mean great as in like functional. I mean great as in like it really portrays his father figure as someone who is kind of settled, like someone who mm-hmm. maybe at one point could have been great, maybe had that youthful uh, enthusiasm, but he kind of settled mm-hmm. and. His He's dad, because, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and his, yeah, and his his dad because of that, like, doesn't understand, um, 
essentially like what you know the lengths that his son is willing to go to but at the same time it also portrays like the idea that miles teller's character is like really masochistic that he's gonna go he's gonna just brutalize himself beyond like recognition to get what he wants and and it calls into question like well is it actually worth it like he's turning Mm -hmm. away like family and potential romantic relationships and friends and is he even really that good um is the singular drive for a potentially unattainable goal worth whatever you may lose along yeah like are the sacrifices worth what he's striving for and And jk simmons is like this kind of antagonistic (laughs) character yeah and and the bat some of the best scenes in the movie are just jk simmons just like (laughs) yelling and just being brutal against people in the band yeah. <laughs> there's a scene where they're doing try like tr- uh there's like three drummers trying for this part and the guy comes up and like adjusts the seat and he's like oh really that was the issue the seat, the seat that was it and he just plays a single note and he's like nope guess that wasn't it he's just busting <laughs> people out and just well, like completely and I- not politically correct but it's hilarious i think it's i think it's great too because like not only can you relate to like miles teller's character but you can relate to some of the other just even some of the more background characters like people who don't even get any speaking lines because you know what it's like when like a coach or like an educational figure will focus on one person Mm -hmm. to get what they're what they want out of them and it's like this person might not even be the best in the group but there's a great scene where like like what Cal's referencing where he's basically just drilling J.K. Simmons' character is drilling the three percussionists, Miles Teller's character and then two others. And the rest of the band, like there's just shots of them like in the bathroom and they're like taking a leak or whatever. And you can hear J.K. Simmons like yelling through the walls. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they've been there for like two hours. Yeah. Uh, he's just berating the drummers. And then finally mm. it stops. And he's like, all right, let's start practice now. And it's been yeah. like two hours since they started. It's <laughs> it's so great. Like anyone who's been in like a group scenario like that can kind of identify with it. I think most people to a degree like can. So I think that's a great recommendation. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I want to watch this. I would, uh, Cal. Where would you say that people can? Is it on Netflix? I can't. You'll have to rent it. Mm. Yeah, okay. I um, I oh, I found it on Amazon Prime. Actually, it was one of those IMDb free movies with commercials. Ooh. Oh, nice. Okay, I that's nice. I would say personally, if I I'm a Google Play guy, um, and it does suck because, cool. yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it it does suck because you you do. If you want to rent, it's usually about five or six bucks. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to buy, it's usually about double that. So it's usually 10 to 12 or whatever, but it's totally worth it. Um, you get a really good quality. And if you buy it, obviously then, excuse me, you have it. It's added to the rest of your library for like ever. So I would, uh, I'd recommend $4 you that. DVD bin at Walmart, baby. Also that, that also, oh, works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will never disparage that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Calvin, there were a couple topics you wanted to talk about last week that due to situational circumstances, you weren't able to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta remember. I mean, we don't have to hit them up. Not I, I actually want to. We stay current. I kind of want to talk, I kinda want to talk okay. about them. Mostly right. because well, uh, I know the first one was AOC playing Among Us. Yes. And my, I didn't, I didn't watch it 
what I did watch was a later recording of the McElroy brothers playing their own game of Among Us because it just happened to be scheduled for that night. That's funny. And they were like doing right. a couple updates on the situation as they were playing. And somewhere in the video, someone pointed out, do we want AOC and whatever other politicians were participating in this to be good at the game? Or do we want them to be bad at the game? The lying deception game? Yes. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is, that is true. Well, she's a politician, so she had to play to her strengths. Yeah, and the only update we got on how the, like how she was doing at the game was at one point they did say, like, oh, AOC and who was the other politician, Kamala Harris? Uh, no, Ilhan Omar. Yeah, Ilhan oh. Omar, that was it. AOC and Omar were the traitors and were winning as traitors. <laughs> but they didn't say if they won the round. Yeah. That was the only information we got. So okay. what is your take on that situation? I mean, I don't know. I just still, I just don't know how I feel about the whole politician streaming. It's great that they're trying to like modernize because I don't think it should be this stuffy, like old, like men's club thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great that it's, they're modernizing. I just, I don't know. It just strikes it, this, this aspect though. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how I felt about it. Yeah, I'm. It just came across weird because, like, streaming is such a like a difficult like thing to do. Like co content creation stuff, you can't just like it. It'd be like just throwing someone in as an actor. Like you have to practice. You have to have to. That has to be like your desire. Otherwise, you're just like bad. So it kind of struck me something like that. Like if a politician had a walk on cameo in a tv show or movie and yeah. it's just like hey politician well i remember <laughs> earlier it was a couple of years ago now i think she did another live stream but it was her building a desk in her apartment in new york oh and drinking wine and chatting with people did you get yeah sauced? and hmm? what did you get sauced no. Oh. <laughs> that one was fucking funny. See, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see AOD getting sauced as shit trying to build a desk in her apartment. See, that would be relatable. The Among Us feels kind of similar to that to me where it was trying too hard to be relatable. Okay. Because, like, yeah, you're building a desk in your apartment, but you're. it's not like you're in a apartment with four other roommates the way a lot of new york people are yeah, yeah. Well, there a lot of skepticism anyway anyway with her like new york apartment where it's like she wasn't actually potentially living there or something like that like she had another place that she was actually living in like that was a big thing like a year ago yeah. where she actually had like a which like i don't I don't know. There's a part of me that's like ah that's disingenuous and there's another part of me that's like ah i don't really care. I mean yeah. i saw like I saw some clips of her from the stream um, that got posted and I was initially kind of apprehensive about it, but watching her, like, I, I mean, she, she seemed like she was genuinely trying to have fun with it. Also, yeah. it doesn't hurt that she's like a, a cute girl. Like, can we all be honest? Right, like that, well, okay. But <laughs> like, come on, that, that doesn't hurt. We all know that doesn't hurt streamers. <laughs> like, we're, we're all aware of this, but 
I'm not saying that's the only reason that people people liked her. I, I think like I do think she genuinely seemed to be trying to put forth like an effort in it. I genuinely think yeah. the only the only issue was the consistent rerouting to from what I saw in some of the clips I saw to like her trying to get out the message to go vote. Well, to be like, fair, that's the that was the point of the stream. It was a partnership yeah. with the whole get out and vote campaign. So that was it was a promotional stunt. Which which that and I, I'm that to me is like it's like okay that's fair. At the same time, it completely undercuts like the whole point of like streaming. Ideally, is like you are going for a personality, but you're going for someone who appears like to a degree naturalistic. You're you're like going for like oh this is like. I feel like even though I know, like I'm never really gonna know them in person, this feels like kind of like, oh, I just stumbled upon this person. They're playing this game and it's like they could be one of my friends, whether they're you know, they're a girl or a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch them for like a little bit or at least have them on in the background. And I think that's the issue is like if it was just like somebody randomly stumbled onto AOC, genuinely randomly stumbled upon her, like playing among us, and then she hopped on like a stream. Like then that would be a little bit different, but it, because it was a little more like orchestrated, I would have preferred, and I get, again, she has a message to yeah. get out there. I would prefer her just playing the game. Cause to me, it's like with these politicians, I can see you talk about policy or your talking points on like CNN or MSNBC or like any of the other more like network, like instantiated channels. I want to, if I'm watching you streaming, I just want to watch you play the game. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear anything yeah. about that. Um, See the more genuine you, side and less of the politician side. Yeah, and I feel like it'd be more fun for her because then she doesn't have to think like, oh, well, now I'm going to have to plug like the go vote thing. And it's like, it might, it, it's probably something for, for sure that she's genuinely passionate about. But that to me My, is like, yeah. I, again, didn't watch the stream, mm -hmm. but because of things such as the stream and the go vote messages I've been hearing, I have been wondering, and it's, I don't think I'll ever get a real answer to this question, but a number, a significant number of the people I've been seeing saying to go vote also <clears throat> happen to be more democratic leaning. Would yeah. they encourage people with the same fervor they have been if they thought that person wouldn't vote the way they they wished they would. Yeah, I I I tend to be a pretty cynical person. Yeah, but in this aspect, I do think they are being rather genuine in that they do believe. Now, obviously, they would prefer you vote yeah. for them or other Democrats. But I I this is one of the few things that I am actually kind of optimistic that I think they are being genuine. Okay. In in their desire for uh, a fair and democratic process. I agree. I agree to an extent with both. Like I, I can definitely, I agree. Like I've really only seen democratic people do it um, or people who are leaning more democratic where it's like the, Oh, get out and vote. Um, and to a degree, there's definitely partisanship involved in that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I would like to believe that like um, they genuinely, because it, it's a, it's a, Regardless of the political situation, it's a time in the country where most people feel feel very like dispossessed and they're kind of like, this isn't working. This sucks. Like nobody cares about me, blah, blah, blah. And I'd like to see the go vote initiative potentially as a more like holistic, like, hey, like 
like we want to look out for you like th- this yeah. can still turn around like mm-hmm. don't vote i don't care who you vote for just like don't give up you know don't don't just like say oh it doesn't totally you know it, it doesn't matter at all um which i can definitely understand those feelings i think yeah. most people yeah. nowadays it's like who cares like who cares like both political parties sometimes essentially seem like the same people just in different costumes and um very easy to just become dispossessed but like i know for instance like i'm gonna go vote in person next week and i don't even think i'm probably gonna vote for either of the major candidates i might honestly just write someone in but it's like there are at least two third party candidates on the ballot yeah it's it's more just like the action of going and voting where it's like just genuinely embodying the the idea of like this is a right that you get to exercise so it's like why not yeah. Why not? Why not just yeah. you can cast your would, vote for anybody? It doesn't matter. Just do it. Like just go out. Just go out and do it. Who I would cares? definitely like to see more uh, Republican people coming, being brought on board for the whole go vote thing, because yeah. I, it well, the, does worry me a little bit about it turning into a partisan thing, which it shouldn't well, the be. The problem with that is the statistics show it is a partisan thing. Statistically, when more people vote the more people vote democrat yeah so it well just that's just how the statistics lie so even without like campaigns like the more people that vote typically the the numbers always skew democratic that's why you will typically see democrat candidates pushing the go vote and the republicans not necessarily and resorting to other methods yeah Um, because the statistics just show it's not on their side um which I think show, should show them other issues, not, hey, we need to work the system, but that's yeah. different too. <laughs> no, and I mean, I think, I, I do think that's a really good point. I think the the big issue with the Republican Party is that they've really done nothing um, in popular media to even attempt to court a younger vote. Like, mm-hmm. they really haven't. There's no outreach, not really. Like, there are obviously young Republican groups on campus and stuff like that. But overall, like at the very least, as whatever you want to say about AOC, like she she embodies the young in the very, yeah, she embodies a sensibility that is younger than the current establishment. She's fucking younger than Pelosi and Schumer. Like, by yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like I I can't Joe anyone. Biden's been in like uh, like in uh, <laughs> political office for longer than she's been alive. Yeah, for like three hundred years or something. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, no, like that's the issue of the Republican Party is I can't name one major figure that is younger than like fifty six. You know, Dan so, so uh that's fair. Okay, uh, Dan <laughs> Crenshaw is a Texas, I believe. He's either senator so he or House of Representatives. Yeah, I think he's a senator. He's yeah. Um, he's a former military person who actually like served and did time, did time in the military and lost his eye in the military. Yeah, he is the eye patch guy. Well, and, that's. I, yeah. I, I admittedly need to look into him more, but from what I have seen, he seems to be at least a more, um, he's 36. He's at well, least a little younger and he's a little more willing to work together. And I totally forget what his name is, but there's another guy too. Who's like super, super fucking young. It seems like the Republican party's preemptive attempt to counter AOC with demographics. Like he's like a young, he literally, he's a very handsome guy, but he literally looks like a, like the prototype, like Hitler youth, except he's in a wheelchair. Um, Oof. but he's, uh, he's a young Republican from like, I think one of the Carolinas. I can't remember his name. 
but he he seems kind of idealistic and he seems more of a like a moderate republican than what we see like currently kind of in you know instantiated in the in the popular era of right now and it really seems like i know he spoke at the convention and i think he's also like he's wheelchair brown but i think he's doing like therapy i think it can be like remediated some way so they're definitely in the process of like bringing up the next yeah bringing up the next generation and i think that's the issue is like there's unfortunately like the popular culture there's a lot of republican ideals that i think are genuinely um decent that don't just gel with a youth audience like young people don't want to hear like hey like maybe you know don't like have sex with everyone you see or like, <laughs> like don't, you don't have you don't have to spend all your nights out like drinking like maybe you you don't have to read the bible but like read something you know what i mean um and like yeah. young people don't hear that but i i do think there is starting to be i think, I think- kind of sense like a shifting attitude. I hope that. I hope there's that shifting attitude. I hope it also shifts more towards uh bipartisanship. Yes. And yeah. I I feel like as far as I'm aware, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between value and practice, which is amongst oh, all politicians, yeah. they're politicians, but Yeah, oh yeah. I would like to see it become more aligned amongst everybody. Well, it's like, it's like, it, I mean, it's very simple and almost vulgar to say, but it's like, you need two wings to fly. You know what I mean? The left and the right wing need each other. Like, regardless, they define each other by themselves. And, um, I do think, yeah, like there needs to be some kind of consensus reached, uh, not even just politically, but culturally on like an American identity and what that means. And then when you cement that, because that's kind of what they're fighting over right now. Yeah. It's like, what, what is the American identity? Like, what does that mean? Well, I, think, um, I think part of that problem is we used to have an identity mm-hmm. and then shifting demographics moved away from what that identity was, which isn't a bad no, thing. Which is just different. And am I how like where does that new identity come in like my my picture-esque view my like idealistic view of an american identity is like a nine like a 1950s america but like everybody's invited you know what i mean like it's like a norman rockwell painting but like everybody gets less segregated (laughs) yeah and that's my point it's like everybody should get to share in that prosperity but everyone has american values like that, that kind of like general, like homey. Like so what are American values? I think is the I, question we're facing right now as a society. I would say like a dedication to um, genuine personal expression um, with kind of a self-awareness, if that makes any sense. Like founding so. father... Like the, the founding fathers were very liberal, like genuinely by their day and age, even though to be to fair, agree. to a degree, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah, to agree. Well, and that's the ironic thing, right? Like they would have been seen almost as like far left extremists back in their day and age, and now they're seen as like almost heavily conservative. Um, so that's just kind of like how things just seem the to progress of time. Yeah, yeah this is how things uh, kind of skew. But like, for instance, like the, the one of the most uh, progressive icons of the day arguably could be the historical figure of Alexander Hamilton and he campaigned actively to keep most people out of the electoral process he believed that the that the like 
most common people had no business being involved deciding who ran the country. I mean, to like, be fair, he, he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. And, oh, and that's the thing too, is like, we need educated people running the country. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, saying that shouldn't come at the denigration of people who are less educated or that's in like true. a, yeah, you know, like a, like a, uh, not even a lower position, but just like a different one. Um, yeah. so, so here's a, here's a question that's been on my mind. Because of the classes I've been taking for my master's degree and the discussion around racism in America. Yeah. And we won't be able to answer this. We we can't. We Us three, we can't because we are not. There's three white dudes. Yeah. (laughs) We can try, RJ. (laughs) We can try. So I'm comparing it a lot in my mind to early Freudian theory. Racism today is it's it, things are either racist or it's inherently systemic so no matter what you do it will be racist it's either racist or it is racist yeah and early freudian theory of psychology was a very similar way either you had a problem or you were in denial about that problem which meant you still had the problem and right. one of freud's critiques about his own theory later in his life was if you do this if you go about it this way there is no way to actually uh, solve the problem. Yeah. yeah. Like, because even if you get to a state where the, per- the patient comes in and says, oh, I haven't had this thing all week since last week. I- it hasn't happened. You look at it and say, ah, oh, but you're in denial about it. So how can we, as a country, work towards moving away from racism if no matter what, it's going to be racist. That that relies though on the idea that it's always going to be racist. True. I yeah. Well, there's a and I haven't read much of um, Jung, who was like Freud's apprentice, but I've read like books that were kind of analyzing his own personal philosophy and psychotherapy and stuff like that. And there was a Jungian concept that was inter- introduced. He introduced a lot of things, like the idea of the subconscious and. All this, uh, like archetypes and all this, these other things. One of the other things he introduced was the idea of the shadow, where it's like everybody has um, kind of the face that they present to the world, which is their ego, the persona. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not super well read on this, so I'm going to mix these terms up. Um, but he, he, uh, he basically said that there's essentially a set of values and a face that you present, a mask that you present to the world at large. That's how you interact with most people. And then there is a whole subset of different, quote unquote, like darker attributes that you don't tell anybody that like make up all your little parts of like the things you feel guilty about, the ideas you hold that like, you you know, you're not sure about the things you do that, you know, afterwards you don't feel the greatest about. That's your shadow. Mm -hmm. Um, And his, his idea was that in order to form a perfect psychological union, people like a subject had to make peace with both their persona and their shadow because those were really just two different sides of the same coin and there was still a person underneath that so there's really like almost three components to that idea um and i think like that's a path that could potentially be followed is like you can totally acknowledge that the united states has done really really shitty stuff I mean, that's that that is not up for debate. Like, like yeah. the United States to its own citizens has been a monster. Japanese concentration um, camps in World War II. Japanese concentration camps. Trail of tears. 
slavery, Trail of Tears, like the Mexican-American War, like all this shit, like really not good stuff. Stuff that we've been in denial about for a very long time. Um, at the same time, you can, you can also acknowledge that the, the ideals that America uh, initially dedicated itself towards, like liberty, freedom, justice for all, pursuit, pursuit of happiness. Yeah, those hold true for every American. That's how I see it. Like, no matter who you are, if you're born in this country, if you're an American, or if you become, if you come here and you're naturalized, you are granted that kind of dignity and you are entitled just by virtue of being here to those American values. Um, and there's no reason that you should be excluded from them. Um, so, so it's more of a strive towards the good values while acknowledging the bad that is occurring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, are, are, there are definitely parts of the system that are like white supremacists and that have shunned women and have excluded people of uh, like who are, who are gay or trans or whatever. Um, at the same time, there is there is like that doesn't mean um, and this is what sucks is like those people for a long time have kind of been been shut, locked outside of the house and they've kind of piled up. And they just feel like they're never going to get into the big house of America. There's no point in trying. Every time they've tried, they've been lied to. So why even bother? So they're just going to build their own house and then they're going to demolish the original house and kind of make their own. That seems to be kind of the prevailing idea. But like, I think there's room in the house for everybody. Yeah. I think everybody has to agree to the same rules. But that also means that we can't discriminate against people. Like that's just quote unquote, like not the American way. Like, there's even like that old Superman comic from like the fifties where it's yeah, like, Superman, yeah, is lecturing people about like, if you discriminate yeah. against people based on religion, like faith, creed or skin color, like that is not the that's American right. way. Yep. And it's like, that's true. Like that, that the idea of America is that it, it's, it's more than anything. It's a land of opportunity. Anyone who comes here should be given the chance to seek something greater. And um, it sucks and it's horrible that people for generations have been denied that just based on certain like aesthetic characteristics. But that doesn't mean that it's too late to change. Um, and it also doesn't mean that we have to tear everything down. Like, we can still keep the American like house up. We just, just have, have to, to renovate. Yeah, we got to renovate. We got to let the other people in. Um, so cool. that's that's the way I view it, essentially. But I'm sorry, I, I no, talked. It's, it's okay. I, I think that was a I think that was a constructive discussion. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, <clears throat> Calvin, there was another topic you wanted to discuss last uh, week. No, I don't. I don't really have much information on it, so it's fine. Okay. We've been going for a while, so we can uh, move on to your. If you wanted to hit, yeah, let's let's hit a couple. Couple advice questions. Our last segment of this week: How to be a better buddy, where we give yeah. some humorous and some serious advice. Uh, usually get our questions from the Yahoo Answers family and relationships section. And our first question is a birthday one. Yeah. My boyfriend yeah. made me go all out for his birthday, but on my birthday he acts like I'm invisible. We have been dating almost a year. Question mark. Oh. Okay, so, like, how does he act like you're invisible? Like, he's just like, oh, it's like, uh, that doesn't even remember it's your birthday? Or he's actually pretending you're... Did he walk into you when you were coming out of the kitchen? 
And is he like, what did I run into? <laughs> wait, oh my wait, God. wait, guys. Guys, I got it. She's wearing camo. Oh, shit. She's, uh, yeah. Or he, you, I don't know. It doesn't that, specify. But then, but then they would be a floating head. Unless they're with... wearing a baklava. That's true. I, I, I mean, I would wait, say... Wait, what did he call it, RJ? I accidentally called it the pastry. I was about to say, <laughs> I... <laughs> Slight tangent. For years, my parents called it a baklava. I'm like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> it's not. Baklava is a layered pastry. Yeah, I looked with it up. Like, that's, a, that's like a Hungarian pastry or something. They're very good. <laughs> but uh, no, a balaklava. Yep. In, uh, in all serious, a little bit more seriousness. Um, this seems like something you got to talk to him about, and yeah. like, if it's that bad examine some other aspects it may be time to um let him go <laughs> Oof. he's been given a chance and is uh if his behavior does not change after an honest conversation he had his chance yeah i mean as long as you talk to them first because i mean personally i don't give a crap too much about birthdays because it's just like hey it's another day why is this one special when you can just sell if you're in, a, in the argument of like oh you're celebrating that person in your life it's just like what and i'm ignoring them the rest of their year uh, <laughs> Fair. i i would say yeah i'd agree it, it depends because like i know for me on my birthday like if i had a girlfriend or something like that it'd be nice to get like a gift or even just like her to be like oh let's go out somewhere um like to be ignored on it which is feel like so shitty um but there is also a part of me that like if we were going out, the last thing I'd want my girlfriend to do would be like, oh my God, let's get like the waiters to like sing happy birthday. If I had a significant other and they got the waiters to sing happy birthday, I would break up with them on the spot. I, yeah, I'd be I like, would, listen, this isn't going to work out. I, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would be between like breaking up and murder. Like it would be like, <laughs> Here's holy what you do. shit. If, if your significant other starts to do that and you don't want them to, as the waiters come over, you look them dead in the eye and say, it's not my birthday. And make it look like she's just, like your significant other's just trying to get free food. Oh, that's actually smart. You have to be like almost psychopathic for that though. So you gotta have a lot of, you gotta have <laughs> well, a lot of, good. <laughs> you gotta be a good actor. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So uh, talk Honey. to your significant other. Yeah. De- yeah. Definitely just, yeah. Bring it up at the very least. Maybe he's, maybe... I don't know. I feel like the the whole excuse for a lot of guys nowadays, like, uh, like you know, I'm just emotionally closed off, and she doesn't get that. It's like, well, dude, like you got to give a little bit of something. <laughs> yeah, you got to try a little bit, like put in a it, little effort. I can buy a cupcake from Quick Trip or whatever, put a candle in it, like that, like yeah. really, like, and then as basic level, like I mean, put some thought into it. If it's if this Man. is a girl. Out I did like, I I didn't like do this all out but between my junior and senior years of college I went on like two dates with a girl mm-hmm. and her birthday happened to be like a week later so oh. I did a nice thing and bought her a cupcake and gave it to her before she went to work Oh see that's like to me if my girlfriend like if I can do that after two dates with somebody just to like be nice yeah. you can do something for dating for a year Oh, and to be fair, this is also very difficult because I think nowadays it's a, it's a widely accepted fact that like guys for the most part do not receive a whole lot of like physical or emotional intimacy just in general, like socially. So like 
uh, like a girl like smiling at you will like sometimes make like a lot of guys days you know what i mean i don't know why so, you like, brought that up because i think it's degrading the quality of the act that i did no no but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's a good degree like for a lot of guys like they're, they're like for for any girls who are listening like sometimes just doing the smallest thing for a guy will make him so like unbelievably happy and like really we've drifted from the yeah we've, we've drifted let's uh, let's move on to the next uh, one fair. that's fair that's fair um sorry to cut you off there james but oh, that, that's all good i'm gonna i'm gonna skip a question yeah uh to our next question my neighbor's barn is on fire but they are on vacation what should i do uh Oof. if you have to ask it's too late yeah i mean Call emergency services. Yeah, call nine one one probably. Like I don't think you're gonna be able to put it out with a hose or like a bucket or whatever. <laughs> so you should probably get someone with a little more firepower. Actually, that's a good I question. Calvin, you used to live out in the country, right? Yeah. Is there a different number than nine one one that you would have to call? Uh yeah. It's O one one eight nine nine five eight eight one nine 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 one one five seven two five three. You're fucking making that up. That was so off the cuff. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's an IT crowd reference. Uh, <laughs> in the show, they, they, they there's a commercial, and they're like, the, "You can't remember because it's a British show." They're like, "No, because like, yo, you can't, um, you can't remember to call nine 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 because it's not nine one one." So they're like, "It's a more simpler number," and it's like that whole long number, and that'll forever be in my head. Uh, but no, you just call nine one one. However. Um, like from like where my parents' place was, there was no dedicated fire department. It was a volunteer fire department, which means they don't just have people in the station, uh, like mm-hmm. there ready to take an engine out. The like they they all have like day jobs, and they are and they'll carry like a pager on them, and they'll get paged, and then they have to drive to the fire station, get suited up, and then get the engine out to wherever you're going so it can be a long it can take longer to get there Hmm. also because the country the country you don't have fire hydrants they have to bring a tanker with them so if it's like a big fire then they might have to that's why typically they'll maybe roll a couple depending on the situation there'll be a couple different departments that might respond because they need multiple tankers so that they can continue to fight the fire, depending on how big it is. But fun story, my grandmother and my aunt accidentally set the road on fire once. Uh, what? They were burning, they were burning some like tall grass in the garden, and it jumped into the ditch and just starts going down the ditch line, down the road. <laughs> and my 90-year-old grandmother's out there with a shovel, just banging at the fire, trying to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> when my mom drives up and is like, "What have you two done?" <laughs> Jesus your grandma, your grandma knew what to do. You grab the shovel and try to put it out. Uh, you do what you can. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah call call nine one one if you see a barn on fire. Yeah, seriously. Out of your hands by then. I mean, hopefully you weren't watching it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> watch it. It's a, it'd be a good show. It's yeah, a good well, hopefully, 
Like it didn't start out small and you saw it and you were like looking out at it like through your kitchen window or whatever. And you're like, well, oh, you're, waiting, be- you're waiting to see if they have a free range fire or if it's a house trained fire. <laughs> yeah, you want to make sure it's, uh, it's, it's uh, raised well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, call 911. And uh, what is our, ne- our next question? Oh, this is a fun one. Boy. Why is there no justice? Further details. Everyone who is mean and bullies to a kid in school are happy, perfect, have everything they want, and the kid has all the problems and is miserable. The kid has all the problems and is miserable. Oh. Uh. I I think the question asker needs to re-examine their premise. No, but to be fair, when you're a kid in school, like, that can be hard. Like that seems like the 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 end the beginning and the end of like life. You know what I mean? Also yeah. justice is just a made up construct. I don't believe there's any inherent justice in the universe. The universe I, is the universe and I think there's I think in a way there's natural justice. There's there's life. I, I, I don't subscribe to that belief that things will just work out for the better naturally or that people will get eventually what they're coming to in a physical sense like the whole spiritual religion aspect that's a whole different argument but in like the physical world i don't believe i'm I'm kind of in the middle because i don't think the universe naturally like the natural laws of existence are just or are attempting to move towards any sort of justice but are not but I on the flip side, I've also like, things have always worked out. Like for you, for me, yeah. And it's never like a. It's not any like oh everything's perfect and I won the lottery yesterday and some dude gave yeah. me twenty dollars on the bus and all, all that stuff. But even the worst stuff that has happened to me, like my student teaching experience, has resulted in better things eventually. Oh, I've, I've, I suspect yeah. it's probably just me viewing it as a, like, after-the-fact connected. Yeah, and, I, and that's where the cynical side of me is just like, yeah, for you it worked out. How many others, though, that you don't know about that it didn't work out for? Yeah. So, I just, I I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a balance in the sense that things tend to naturally work out 50-50, but that just means half the time people get their justice and the other half of the time they don't. Well, yeah. I mean, like to be fair. Yeah. I, cause I agree with that to an extent where it's like, this is the problem that I have with more like spiritual type people who are like, it's all about your mindset. Like, man, like if you just change <laughs> like how you think about the world, like everything works out. And it's like, all right, you fucking tell that to a starving, like Ethiopian kid or whatever. Like, <laughs> Listen, you're not that- hungry. It's all yeah. in your head. Yeah, you tell that to a peasant fucking rice farmer in in China right now. Like, no, like, I I definitely agree that there are situations that are just, like, the external circumstances far outweigh kind of, like, whatever internal judgment you could weigh on it. I also think, though, to a degree, like, in situations like we find ourselves in, where we're very lucky to be in a relatively, for the most part, level playing field, it's kind of like you're allowed... um, a certain degree of latitude and yeah. there is the, there is just like we're we're lucky enough where our society even though values like the material clearly um there's there's different pathways and there's different ways for you to interpret it like i i, I definitely think that um 
know. It's it's very common. It's cliche, but it's like usually people because bullies never go away. Like yeah. bullies are you you see bullies on the national news. Like it that's it's it's fucking happens. Um, I mean, as sad as it is, there's been statistic. I think there's statistical uh, examples of policing being one of the uh, fields bullies <laughs> naturally gravitate due to yeah, due well, to because- the authority. Well, yeah. People, yeah, people like that will gravitate towards power, and because it's it's like arguably it's a it's a sense where they you know they feel, and it's very cliche, but they feel like they're not in control, so they gravitate towards that. And that's the question: is like if you really have to place so much stock in in that kind of power or control, what kind of person are you? Arguably, those are some of the weakest people, and so that's not even if yeah. for this question asker. Seek your own justice. In a sensible way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we can do it in vigilante justice. Not, not no, vigilante justice, no. but in like improving your own life above them. Find, yeah. find something, if you can find something that you're genuinely happy in, whether it's like making a chair or making new friends. While or, still being legal. Yeah, well, while still being legal, like to a degree. And not like, being a vigilante. <laughs> producing something like if you can find kind of a root in that then you're going to find a kind of like happiness that it's i would argue is almost like transcendent and you're gonna feel like fine um and you're gonna feel bad for that for for some of those bullies it sounds very like after school especially but it is genuinely true like let me me turn my chair around so we can wrap (laughs) oh yeah 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 no no, yeah james like yeah, like it, it. It's what happens. Like everyone knows those like people who were bullies in like elementary school or middle school or whatever. And it's like it time passes, and um, if you're lucky enough to find something that you're happy with, you're eventually able to move on. And chances are that like they'll just by nature of time like grow up too. Yeah. you might even end up being friends with them to a degree, or at least on like even terms. Hey, you know, in so. Spider-Man comics, Flash Thompson was a bully, and that, but he was Spidey's number one fan, and he and Peter he, Parker eventually became friends. He, and Flash, see, Flash realized like, yeah, I was a bully to you in high school. That wasn't co- that yeah, wasn't cool of me. Why did Why did Flash idolize Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man's like a superhero. Spider-Man's got like he's like everything that Flash would want to be, and and Flash's like we're going to get real psychological with it. Like he externalizes those negative emotions that are like the counterpart to those positive ones on Peter Parker. So, and doesn't Flash even end up like paralyzed? Uh, yeah. Flash is a war vet who gets his legs blown off Yeah, and eventually becomes agent venom because the government needed someone to operate the venom symbiote. And it gave him the chance to walk again because it would become his legs. Is this a good story or like a story where he goes like rogue? Oh, good story. He joins the Guardians okay. of the Galaxy for a while. That's cool. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. Like there's so there's if the bullies. We're, we're, we're drifting again, though. So the the bullies <laughs> may not have perfect lives, and you can improve your own life by rising above them. Yeah, and it it sounds a lot easier than it is. <laughs> like definitely for sure. Yeah, but yeah. it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be work. It's worth yeah. it. It is. Next question, Calvin, uh, you might have to be the guardian of drift on this one because it's going to be so easy to drift. Do you think nostalgia for the past is right or wrong? Is it a big problem for most people? I don't think nostalgia for the past is wrong. wrong. I think obsession with the past is wrong. Ooh. 
Yeah, I think I think turning the past into something that it wasn't is wrong because I think the problem with people living in the present is like, it, like, it, you see it in contemporary stuff all the time where it's like some people are like, man, if we could just go back to like a 1950s America or even rolling it back, people are like, man, if we could just go back to like caveman times, like things were simpler. And it's like, ah, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, the, well, there's always, that, really uh, there's always that one meme that floats around where it's like, why do you want to go back to 1950s? We still have milkshakes and racism. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it, it's really about perspective and it's more about like, uh, again, it's kind of what we talked about a little bit before where it's like taking the good with the bad in the past. And the worst thing you could do with the past is say it was all good and none of it was bad. And the other worst thing you can do with it is say it was all bad and none of it was good. Yeah. So it's, it's about like just accepting that the people in the past were just kind of like regular people um and just accepting that some of the stuff they did was pretty cool and some of the stuff they did was pretty shitty um and just kind of moving on there like so nostalgia is neither right nor wrong it just is how you you how you manage it can lead to positive or negative consequences you don't want to you don't want to idolize or demonize that's yeah cool i was a little weird we were gonna get like on a huge tangent with that one yeah, I know. I was I was preempting that one, so I was thinking about it. My last question cool. this week. It's just in time to wrap up. Uh, oh, yeah. Is this wrong? Further yes. details. Done. <laughs> is that wrong how your own kids will kick you out of the house when you become old even though you took care of them your entire life? Okay, hold on. You cut it out there for a moment. Can you reread that? Is that wrong how your own kids will kick you out of the house when you become old even though you took care of them your entire life? So instead Uh, of the adults kicking the kids out of the house, it's the kids kicking the adult out of the house. When you become old, what do they mean by old? I assume uh, that they're saying like this person is retired and their kids won't take care of them in their own house. Even like, even like in the mid fifties or something like that, like is what I would assume. Cause that's when most people's yeah. kids nowadays come of age. So I would say like if my, if one of my parents was living in my house would it be like awkward. Yeah. But I would still take care of them if I could, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'd ever kick my parents out of my house. Like until they lose their mind and then you put them in the home, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> they don't even remember. Yeah, or you just euthanize them or whatever. Come on. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Dude, I'm hoping by the time we get to be like 70, like they have like VR. I mean, uh, 70's the new 60, so. It really is. And maybe one day 60 will be the new 20. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of gross. 30, it's bad enough that like 30 is the new 20. I don't know how many people say that though. I there's a big difference between a 20 year old and a 30 year old. Like, yeah. if anyone... I had a nickel for every time I've heard it, I've heard I've had I'd have at least one nickel. I'd have at least one nickel. Oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, well, at least it's just one then. I would say I would say like, is it wrong that your kid, your own kids, will kick you out of the house when you become old, even though you took care of them your entire life? I mean, I would say like, obviously, it really depends on your relationship. Um, but I would say at least like kids should at least try and help you to find like an apartment. Yeah. It's mean and wrong to just like put you on the street with no notice. Yeah. Even you you may have to consider that depending on the age of your kid, they are trying to live their own life. Yes. 
yeah, that's the other thing too, is like if you at your age were having to take care of a, an older parent, like how would you feel? So I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think at the very least, like kids should be accommodating, but at the same time, you should be open to like potentially moving into an apartment, maybe near them, they can still visit and like you can pay for it. They can maybe help pay for it if you need that assistance and uh, they can still visit and stuff like that. Cause yeah depending on how old you are like just consigning you to a home right away is might, might be kind of cool so yeah that like the homes are deaf homes really should be for people who need assistance in care yeah and i mean that well that more, yeah, as, that's, as far extreme a situation as you can get before you go there yeah i mean ideally like most homes would just be like again a place where older people can literally just like be hooked to like a vr thing and just like live as their young mid-20s selves for the the next 10 years of their life or whatever and then they die like peacefully one spring morning or whatever but that is currently not the case with most old folks homes uh which is unfortunate they're essentially just proto morgues but (laughs) wow uh, I mean that. Like, that's that's been a real cheerful note to end on, James. Can I'm, we, uh, I'm not trying to. Can we get no, another I'm goof in there? Be good to your parents, folks. Woohoo! Be like, good to your favor. parents. There we go. There we that's go. a positive message. Yeah. Every everyone right. probably. Yeah. Be good to your parents. Calvin, James, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, RJ. And I hope we have another birthday. We will. I'm glad you're confident. Uh, so thank you guys not. for a good year. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for allowing us to use their song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday for a year. Uh, they don't ask for money, so like, go listen to them and show appreciation. <laughs> oh yeah. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Better Buddies. We're on Twitter, at BetterBudCast. Good on you, Calvin, for remembering last week. I did notice and appreciated that. That's the only one I knew. I didn't know the Gmail. The Gmail is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. Are we going to shout into the void? Or is that over? Uh, uh, it's been on hiatus for a little bit. Because That's I know fair. it's not Calvin's favorite segment. I swear. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll bring it back next week. Start the new year. Yeah. Uh, That's the... If we do, we'll use the hashtag Better Buddies. And if you have any fan mail or hate mail or fan art or questions that you want us to answer on the show or declarations of love you need help professing, send all those to betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Send, show us some love on iTunes and Spotify. Reviews, follow us, listen to the episodes, share them with your friends. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Yay! I was there before the before. In the before times. In the before times. Happy, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! And everybody. Listen to this. Come out to Maddie underscore misplays on Twitch from 6 p.m. on the 30th. 
it's Friday the day this comes out, to 6 p.m. on the 31st, right? Yep, CST, CST. For a 24-hour livestream fun bonanza. Yeah, we're doing it for, uh, for charity for 1UP on Cancer. Don't forget to mention that. Ayo, cancer is bad. bad. Cancer bad, fundraising good. What more do you need to know? You know what you need to know? You need to know that if you haven't been listening to Better Buddies for the last year, what are you doing? It's 52 episodes of content. It's content. Content. Awesome. And sometimes... It shows up on my stream. Only sometimes. Sometimes it do. 